This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is draft day. Yay! We have made it, folks. April 29th. We are on the first day of the draft. It's going to be a busy and exciting day, the start of a, a busy and exciting three-day affair. Who will the Giants pick? What will they do? Well, we're going to get some last-minute thoughts from our good friend David Turner, former NFL scout, personnel guy. Um, he he is working now with NFL Draft Bible. He's been locked in all off-season long as to what movement is taking place, what might uh, occur. And uh, David, as always, thank you so much for coming on with us. Really excited to be kicking off Draft Weekend with you. No, I appreciate it. This is exciting, obviously. It's the culmination of a lot of work and um, a lot of uh, energy poured into this. So I'm excited to be on here with you and to be talking about Giants and what they're going to do. Yes, and we're going to be talking all weekend long. David will be with me all weekend long. We'll have uh, reactions. We'll have a wrap-up. But first, David, let's kind of go and look at where things stand. Now, uh, disclaimer to everybody, we are recording this podcast on the 28th of April, around 2 o'clock. The news just broke about the Panthers and the Denver Broncos making a trade. The Panthers are sending Teddy Bridgewater to Denver for, um, I, I believe it's a sixth round pick. Uh, David, do you anticipate this kind of affecting anything at the top of the draft order? Might somebody, you know, might Denver even look to trade again or, or, or go with a quarterback? Or how do you see that kind of affecting stuff? Well, I think the Denver Broncos, you know, if they're, they were trying to say they were all in with their current quarterback. And, um, you know, this kind of shows that they're not. And Teddy wouldn't be going, obviously, to the Broncos if they were if they were sold on um, <clears throat> on their quarterback. So for me, I, I'm like, okay, it's a great move for Denver, but it actually frees them up at the number nine position to take a you know next best player available or another uh, need because Teddy will be there for a year, and um, you know he could be there even longer than a year. I really like Teddy B. I think he's a guy who's got some some years left in him. Is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? I'm not sure, but it makes sense with George Payton obviously drafted him in Minnesota, being very comfortable with the character and the person that Teddy is, and then going now to the Denver Broncos and, and filling a need. This gives them more flexibility at their pick, and um, you know, for me, I think their pick's going to be a cornerback. Whether he they grade out it being Sertan or Horn, it's up to them. But I think uh, for me, I think they would go cornerback there with those two corners falling to them at the nine spot. Now, just, you know, in, in looking at that order, you know, Denver is slated to draft ninth overall. How, if any, might that affect what 
falls down to the Giants at number 11. I mean, I, I've seen anything from receiver, one of uh, Waddle or, uh, or um, Smith from Alabama falling down to the Giants being the pick. Parsons has been mentioned as a pick by some. Um, some people are, are thinking it might be Sertain or, or J.C. Horn. But, you know, with this trade now, how much of an impact do you think it has on what who falls down to the Giants at number 11? You know, Ryan and I did our mock draft on uh, on Mavericks last night. We did a two-hour live first-round mock draft. And for me, I never had Waddle or, um, you know, Chase or Patrick Sertan Jr. or Horn getting there. You know, the guy, the player I had getting there was Smith, but it was his wiry frame. And, you know, I think it, he wouldn't be a Dave Gettleman-style pick. I, I obviously think tra- that trading down for Dave is going to be actually a prime real estate spot because people can now come up, get a falling player at 11 out of top 10 money out of, uh, out of the range of really having to overreach or stretch for a player. There will be, you know, a surprise or two up at the top that a player falls down. And I think the giants are prime at 11 to really pounce on the opportunity to trade back maybe to 15 with new England, maybe to, uh, you know, maybe, you know, down to even, Washington. I don't think they'll trade with Washington. Let me scratch that one. But you know, maybe with New England or the Colts or somebody who wants to come up and get somebody that's sitting there at eleven, um, and it's not too much draft capital to come get it. Uh, I really like their 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 placement in this draft as far as strategy goes. At eleven, it really gets people out of top ten money, and the contract's still five years, um, and Dave can pick up additional picks. So, speaking of which, I mean, there are some people who believe that. If you do trade back for additional picks, the idea is to, you know, you're better off waiting to next year to get your additional picks because that's when the talent is going to be deeper. That's when there's going to be maybe a few more options, especially at needs. If the Giants, let's say, do trade back with New England, realistically, what would be a fair compensation package, do you think? Well, I think going to, say, four spots like that, you'll you'll pick up a – if you're going next year, you could possibly ask for their third rounder next year to come up, you know, four spots in this year's draft. If you're going this year, you probably get a fourth rounder um, to come up to four spots in the first round. I think that's fair and that that would be something to consider. Um, a guy like Gettleman, he might go like ask for like a trade the first, get a fourth and a six to come up this year because, again, with the pool not being too deep and like, People not I'm already talking about the depth of this class not being there uh, to get that, especially if New England's coming up, they're coming up to get a quarterback of the future. So that kind of value on a quarterback at 11 and giving them the opportunity to um, to secure their future quarterback. I think it really is something you would have to uh, consider giving getting like two more picks from it while you swap. So in terms of, you know, just how this, how a trade might work since you, you know, you've been on the, the uh, end of this type of deal. If you're trading a futures pick, you could probably realistically ask for a higher pick. Is that usually how it works? As opposed to if you're looking for additional picks this year, you might have to settle for maybe a slot lower. My history has shown me that if you go future picks, you often go around up in value because what you're doing is telling the player or what you're anticipating is that the the pick 
next year is going to be lower than the pick this year because whoever they pick this year will help them win more games. So therefore having their fourth rounder next year, it, you know, let's just say they, you know, they, they go to the playoffs. Well, then it's a lower fourth rounder than they have this year. So what you would do is ask for the third pick uh, because again, if they go to the playoffs and they do a deeper run and that player they got that they secured in your draft help them win more games. Now they're picking back end of the third. Um, and that would be almost value wise as, as equivalent of a fourth round talent sitting there. You're listening to locked on giants with Patricia trainer and special guest, David Turner of Maverick sports. He's also a former NFL scout looking to get back into the game, but he currently does his work with uh, NFL I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, NFL Draft Bible. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more from David. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio and create a portfolio of globally diversified, low cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks. No watching the stock market every day. Wealthfront automatically handles all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Traina, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you. So glad to have you on this draft day, first day of the draft, where we finally are going to get some answers. And we have David Turner with us he has been with us basically uh, a lot this offseason he did an excellent job on the senior bowl coverage and he's going to be with us this entire weekend uh for draft coverage so really excited and blessed to have his expertise on the program does a great job and david um i know in having spoken with you that you like I, I believe it was Micah Parsons. You like Micah Parsons for the Giants. I'm just wondering, you know, given the last several days and how things are moving, medical information, all that stuff and whatnot, are you do you still think the Giants would be best off going with a defensive edge rusher at eleven if they stay there? Or or can do you think maybe 
if they trade down, there's better value there. Um, I like Micah, but I don't think Micah is going to get to the Giants. I think, you know, in my opinion, I think Micah is going to go in the top 10. Um, it's where I, I see him projected. And, you know, I'd be surprised if he, again, if they're at 11 and Micah falls to him, you know, I would, I would scoop him up. He's just a rare talent that, you know, to me is a plug and play guy. You can plug him in and have him there for a long, long time. So, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to stay at 11, other than Micah at the edge and talk about people coming off the edge as pass rushers. You know, I don't know if anybody has a value that would go there. I think the value's lower. So I would trade back to get them sitting at 11. If that's where they're going to sit, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a players like maybe Rashad Slater or, um, you know, even you can look at, I mean, hate to say it, but I mean, there's not much there that really warrants that 11th value for what the Giants needs are. Um, and, and again, if you go with receiver, you know, the only one that, and that I can anticipate beating there, being there would be Devonte Smith, who I think is a fantastic player. I just don't see him a, a, as a giant. You know, I think he's a very good player, but I, I believe the value in their pick becomes other players that other teams need. Like if a Justin Fields or Mac Jones slips, if, uh, if, you know, a guy like, you know, I got, I got to say, like, you know, uh, uh, Vera Tucker is somebody that I'm hearing are rising up boards these last few days. So, you know, if they're sitting there, the value in their pick to me becomes to other teams more so than them. Yeah, I, I, I'm very curious about that because, you know, um, some other names that I've seen mentioned to the Giants as potential edge rushers include Carlos Basham of Wake Forest, um, Chris Rump of Duke. I mean, do you think there's good value at edge rusher in, in like day two, day three type? Well, actually, I'm sorry, round two, round three prospects, or is the, is the value just not really there? No, I like the round twos and threes. Like, I think there's some very good pass rushers in two and three, and I think there'll be a big run on them um, come day the day two. Um, I think when we come out of day two, a lot of them are going to be off the board. Uh, for my opinion, it's just that's where the value is to get them because they're not all put together and they're not rare talents. They all have question marks. They're all really scheme fit type people that are going to need to be with the right team. And for so at 11, it's a stretch, but in rounds two and three, that's the perfect place to take them. The value in the pick and what you're paying those picks makes sense. I just think up here in the top end of the first round, you got to get somebody that is a plug and play starter still. And in the top, you know, I hear most teams have 16 to 18 first round grades on guys. So if you're going to, if you're going to be in the top 20, you got to get one of those guys that you can you can actually say this was a first round grade type player and then let everybody behind you sort out the rest of the the rest of the um value and picks and players. Yeah, I I I, I just don't think that, you know, I, I, no disrespect here, but I, I'd be stunned if the Giants go Micah if he's there in round one. I mean, unless they trade down for him. I mean, different opinions and stuff like that, but I, I I've got to think, and, and let's talk about this from a roster building perspective here for a moment. 
you've got Daniel Jones as your franchise quarterback. Now they have publicly backed him and said that, you know, he's their guy. The fact still remains that Daniel Jones still has a losing record. He hasn't quite shown yet. I mean, he's improved, but he hasn't shown that he is an upper echelon guy that, that you can probably, I guess, win with. So with that said, do you think Dave might feel more pressure to just add more on the offensive side of the ball? Or is he just going to say, okay, you know what? We, we've got a good core here. We'll roll with it. And hey, the defense could help this, you know, help the quarterback out as well. I think, I mean, I come from a similar school. Obviously, he's my mentor. He taught me. So I think you build your defense to to dominate your division. And that helps your quarterback because you get the ball batter back in better field position and you win, you win the uh, possession game, giving your quarterback more possessions by getting the opposing offense off the field on third downs. So again, I, I personally, if Mike is there, I think he does that for him. He brings a gap, a gap pressure, blitz opportunities from different angles. In, in this defense that's already pretty good. And I like you and I have talked about in the past, I like what they did in the offseason, attracting and signing some of these other players that they brought over. So, you know, and again, if if Micah's there and Patrick Sertan are both there, you know, it would be a hard choice right there for me because I think adding Sertan to the corner position really would solidify the secondary and as well as adding Michael uh, Micah to the uh, middle would solidify their second level. So both these players bring some very good value to the pick. And I think at that position, again, if, if a Waddle were to be there, there's another player that brings very good value to the position. But I think this re- the receiver core in this draft class is pretty deep. I don't think it's it's a shallow draft class in in that area. Now I think Ch- Chase and Waddle are two of the elite players. So if you have a shot to get that type of player at 11, I understand why you would pull the trigger and do it. Now, again, all three of those players, I don't feel are going to make it to the giants and therefore addressing the offensive line need, like you said, to make sure Jones has protection. Uh, Barkley has holes to run through uh, is, is a method of which I think, you know, I can see Dave going with. You are listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest David Turner, who is a former NFL scout, works with NFL Draft Bible these days. And we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, final thoughts from David on this last few hours before the start of the 2021 NFL Draft. Stay with us. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online your sportsbook experts. With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. 
Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and David Turner is our guest. He's going to be with me all weekend long as we break down the New York Giants 2021 NFL draft selections. We're going to have reactions, analysis. We're just going to cover the draft from A to Z. Really excited to have David with us. And we are going over some last minute thoughts before the start of the draft later tonight. And uh, David, let's kind of back out a, a little bit more. Given how the first 10 picks or so, the top of the, the round has, has uh, shaken out, realistically now, do you see five quarterbacks going, four or five quarterbacks? I mean, I know last time we talked, there was that possibility. Is that still a realistic possibility? I think, you know, people might kill me on this one, and I don't I don't agree there's this many quarterbacks with talent. I think a lot of people are stretching. So, But I do believe there's going to be six quarterbacks taken in the first round. I think it's going to be stretched out. I think the you know first three are solidified. Uh, the ones they're going to go with Trevor being first, Zach being second, and Trey Lance being third. Then you're going to see the slip for Fields and um, for Mac Jones. And then at the back end, I think that the, the sixth quarterback will come in at the New Orleans Saints position at 28. I think they'll they'll take a shot there. If, if they don't get a really good <clears throat> trading partner to come up to get like an ATN or something in the first round, I think they take a quarterback there at 28. Uh, they're too deep in the draft uh, in the second round to believe a, a quarterback's going to fall to them in the second round. So for me, I think the Saints have to take a quarterback there at 28, and that's why there will be six in the first round, uh, just sneaking in there under the wire. Now I want to ask you about a report by ESPN, you know, this is kind of a duh type of report because I think anybody who follows the team knows that this was probably going to be the case. But um, ESPN reported that the Giants and Falcons are two teams that have done a lot of work on running backs, 
I think it was presumably for for day two, which I don't know. To me, I don't know if that's too high day two. Um, I would think maybe like fourth round would make more sense. But with that said, who are some prospects at running back that you think would be a fit for what the Giants are trying to do? Keeping in mind that, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, he's expected to be back. I don't know that he'll be, you know, right out of the gate. He'll be given a full workload. But who are some of the guys that you like at running back for the Giants? Well, you know, watching what Cleveland did with their two running backs over there, it's 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 hard to say you can't build through the run game. I mean, Cleveland did an incredible job, which then opened up the play action pass, made pocket protection a lot cleaner for their quarterback over there and you know, and Baker. So at forty three, and I'm not saying either of these guys would be there. I, I think they'll go before, but let's just say Dave does trade back in the first round, gain some draft capital a little bit, and then can come up in the second round to really secure maybe one of these guys that he's looking at, you know, I would say one, a couple of those guys would be Williams from North Carolina and obviously ATN from Clemson. Both those running backs are really, really good running backs and would give you a one, two punch with Saquon Barkley that would really help out Daniel Jones because they, they're tough. They're, they're, I mean, ATN has the speed, the hands, everything to be a true difference maker. I think at his pro day, he was a little puffy, gained a little too much weight. You know, he'd have to tighten it up and come back down. But I mean, he ran a 4-4-1, I believe, at his pro day, even puffy. He's a 4-3 guy all day long. So talk about just give him a crease and he's gone. Um, and, and pair that with Barkley. I mean, that just gives a lot of fits right there. And Williams, I mean, he's, he's a prototypical running back in my mind. I mean, he's, He's everything Dave and, and just taught me about wanting a good running back, and, and he has it all. So, you know, for me, I think either one of those running backs would be a really good pairing at that position. Now, but they would probably have to come up just to get them because I don't think they'll be there at 43. If you're looking at um, guys other than that, I don't know if anybody really warrants a second-round pick at running back in that in that area, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, Gainwell might be uh, the next player on my board right there. But otherwise, I would wait till the third round where you can get a Khalil Herbert or a Michael Carter or somebody of that nature in the third round um, versus, you know, trying to get one there at 43. What would constitute a disappointing Giants draft? And I know that's kind of a hard question to, to answer, but you know, because people have expectations as to, you know, what they think the Giants should do. And everybody, you know, you're not going to please everybody. But from a scouting perspective, what would constitute a disappointing or, or surprising Giants draft? I think if they don't address key positions like, again, offensive line, a, a quality backup running back, wide receiver, if if they don't, you know, look to gain – toughness on defense in a corner position and maybe a linebacker, you know, those are the areas where, again, if they don't address them and they don't come out of this draft with giant style players. And what I mean by that is, you know, good measurables, strong character, tough players that can step up and be there and, you know, not have injury history, really be players for them for the next five to six years. That would be disappointing to me. Uh, I, I don't see that happening. Like I said, I think, where they've fallen in this draft 
really lines up with some very good players for them and gives them some opportunity to trade back, come up, do some movement, make things happen for themselves. So, you know, again, they, they have some – So, and what they did in preseason in the, in the draft uh, – prior to the draft, I'm sorry, prior to the draft and free agency really gave them more flexibility. So I'm really enjoying watching them build this roster right now. And I, I'm hoping that this draft is as exciting as I'm building it up to be for them. But I truly think that the players and the slots are lining up really good for them. And finally, I want to go back to the cornerback situation because you were, you know, let's let's give you credit. You were all over this, I think, before anybody else started thinking it might be cornerback. You had mentioned that, you know, maybe it would behoove them to get another cornerback, which would allow um, – uh, I believe it was, oh, goodness, now I'm losing the name, Jackson Jackson to come down and play in the slot and whatnot. Who's a good fit for the Giants? And and, and in that regard, you know, would you, if, if you can't get a Sertain or, or you know, a Caleb Farley or a J.C. Horn, who's a good, like, second-day type of value type pick? Sure. No, I, I mean, I like – there's some corners I'm really enjoying watching playing uh, – the position at this point so you know a guys like uh let me get to my list here so guys that i would say like uh asante samuel jr or efatu melifanu or the kid that's out of uh oh benjamin st juiced you know eric stokes you know these are all very good corners that i think are really good fits for the giants like again, if you're sitting at eleven, and honestly, if they say I'm sitting at eleven and I'm taking Eric Stokes, I'm not going to yell at him. Like I'm not. I mean, Eric Stokes is a really good player. He he's a guy that matches up well. He played at Georgia, high level of competition. I get it. I wouldn't take him there. I think it's too much value for Stokes at that position. But I would understand it because I think the ceiling for him is really high. In the second round, again, if they took Iffy, uh, the, the Syracuse corner, or they took um, Benjamin St. Juice in the second, it would make sense. Very long corners, good ball skills, get a lot of PBUs, probably not interceptions. But in the second round, to get long physical corners like that would make a lot of sense and walking away again. And here's me being me right in the first round. If you're able to get Michael Parsons and then in the second round, you walk away with uh Melifano. I mean that your defense is set. You're, you're really set at that point um, for a long time. So you, you've just upgraded in two really key positions that are expensive positions with rookies and young contracts. So, you know, for me, I'm like excited with those two players walking away for the Giants um, at that point. Final question for you, David. What are you kind of expecting or anticipating for the Giants? I mean, again, looking at it from from a scout's eye, because, you know, scouts, the scouting community, I think, uh, for the most part, looks at things a little differently than than those of us who are driven by emotion or, you know, the surface stuff. But what are you expecting, if anything, from this draft? And and um, do you think Giant fans are going to be happy with it? I know you don't know exactly who they're going to pick or or whatnot, but you know, knowing what you know about Dave and how he approaches it, do you think people will be happy at the at the end of the day? I think they are. I think you know, stepping back, 
you know, David Ben battling a lot of health issues and people are on him about certain decisions he's made, but I'll be honest with you. I think this is the first off season when I've looked at his moves in those signings and what he brought in now at the, at the position, the, the positions he addressed and where he put his money in the off season. And that makes the most sense. You and I have done can uh, done shows on it. I think that makes the most sense of a Dave Gettleman style roster. And I think his coaching staff and everybody are completely in line and stepping with him. I think there's a lot of synergy going on at the Giants in this draft, sitting at 11, and in in those and pa- those draft positions that he's sitting, he's primed to to be having choices that are going to either strengthen a position of need, or I mean, strengthen a position or address a position of need. And he's building for what he calls and what we all look for is sustained success. It's not just about winning next year. It's about building a roster that's going to be competitive for the next three to four years. And I really think he's putting himself and the team and the organization in that position. So as a giant fan, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at what they're doing. I'm very excited and I'm very, and I'm looking forward to this draft, not only the first round, but rounds two through five and six because I think there's a lot of player value sitting there in the draft that will that will help out the team both on offense and defense. It's going to be a very interesting evening. And, uh, David, I'm looking forward to finding out who the pick is and then breaking it all down with you um, once the first round of the draft is over. And just, folks, what we are going to do after the first round is over, we're not only going to break down who the Giants picked, we'll also touch upon anything unusual that happened in the first round, and we will preview day two who's left on the board, what direction the Giants might go in, and so forth. For David Turner, I'm Patricia Trainer. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Tonight, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st.